Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey, this is Kat Lee, and you're listening to episode number 55 of the Inspired to Action podcast. Today, I'm talking with Trina Holden about how we can easily and simply make healthier food choices. Because y'all, if anything, the way I feel physically has a massive impact on how I feel emotionally. And how I feel emotionally has a big impact on the choices I make mentally. And all of that goes into play when I open my mouth and respond to my kids, and I know that after I have a you know fast food meal, I am not feeling great and I'm not responding great to my kids. And just like any athlete would make specific nutritional choices to give them optimum performance on the court or on the field, I know it sounds a little cheesy, but you guys know how I love my sports analogies. <laughs> I think it applies to us as moms just as well, that if we want to make a really quick improvement in our mothering, we can do that by making healthier food choices. And not just healthier, but more nourishing choices. And that's a really important distinction that Trina is going to go to in, into in this episode. So do not miss it. What I love about her is that she shares very specific and small, actionable steps that we can take to make healthier choices and how we can also bring our families on board with those healthier choices as well. But before we dive into the episode today, I want to give a shout out to the iTunes review of the week. Y'all, I am just blown away by the encouragement and the support that you guys give to this show because this week um, it hit number six on the iTunes Kids and Family Chart. Y'all, that's crazy. I mean, we were sitting up there with Dennis Rainey and Focus on the Family and all these big organizations and there was the little Inspired to Action podcast and that is because of you guys. You all are amazing and, and not only do I appreciate the encouragement and read every single comment, but it has impacted other moms as well because what happens is when a podcast goes up in the ratings, then it gets shown to more people who are looking for podcasts. And so because of those reviews that you've left, other reviews have been left from people who have just found it. And they, they, they say things like this one. It says, listening to these podcasts has encouraged me more than you could ever know. After listening, I often feel empowered to love my kids and serve them with kindness, wisdom, and confidence. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And that is from Tessa. And y'all, that is thanks to you. There are new moms finding this podcast, being encouraged, and by doing the simple little thing of leaving a review, you can impact a mom's perspective on her day and even on her whole role of being a mother. So just thank you for doing that. If you want to leave a review uh, or a comment on iTunes and you don't know how, you can just go to inspiredtoaction.com 
forward slash love and I will walk you through that process. Now, I have to make a little announcement. So I'm going to do a little drum roll. That was really impressive. <laughs> I know. We're going to have a little Inspire to Action family meeting. Are you guys ready? Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking of doing something that I have never done before on my blog or anywhere else online. And that is I'm considering having a sponsor. Now, I want y'all's feedback on this because this show is all about you guys. I am completely committed to and passionate about encouraging you in your role as a mom. And I want everything that I do with this show to um, be towards that end. So I would highly value your feedback in this process. So first I'll mention that if you want to give your feedback, you can go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash feedback to answer a little survey that'll help me know how you feel about this. Now, the reason why I want to have a sponsor is for two, two reasons. One, having a sponsor would bring in some resources that would help take some of the load off of the editing and the details of putting the show together each and every week. And that would be just so helpful to me because honestly, there are a few things about producing a podcast that I dread. And occasionally that keeps me from getting an episode out to you on time. And I hate that and I don't want that to be the case. And so it would really help me to get this out efficiently to you guys to have somebody to help me with it. And the only way to make that possible is to have a sponsor. Um, and that, that would also free up my time to get really great interviews, to hone my interviewing skills, and just to make this the best show that I possibly can for you. Now, now the other reason is that, honestly, there are a few companies that I've used for years that I love, and I really think, I really just want to share those with you on a regular basis, because I know we can hear about something once, but then we don't really take action on it. But I can, you know, work with these organizations and really bring you some great tips and great ideas. And every sponsor would be, you know, every mention of the sponsor would be surrounded in great content. So I'd love your feedback because this show is really all about you guys. So just go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash feedback. And even if you don't have an opinion on the sponsor thing, I just love to know your thoughts about the show. Because I am scheduling a bunch of interviews for the fall. I have some fantastic ones lined up that I am super excited about. And I want to get more ideas of what you want to hear and what would be a blessing to you. And all those questions are located in that survey. So I would love it if you'd head over there and uh, give me your thoughts. So I hereby end the Inspired to Action podcast family meeting. And now let's, um, let's jump into the content. Let's have a chat with Trina Holden about how we can make healthy food choices. Trina, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Kat. I'm really excited. You know, I have to say, as I was prepping for this interview, man, I had the biggest desire to just go eat some Cheetos. I don't know why. <laughs> Thinking about all the healthy food, it just drove me to want some Cheetos. Fortunately, I don't have any of those in my house. So um, that would be my first healthy food tip. Just don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah, that is an excellent tip. I can't indulge in Cheetos right now either because they're not in my house. But I did indulge in some chocolate just a minute ago, <laughs> right before I got on. But it was it was homemade something, so I, I say that counts. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I try not to allow healthy food in. I mean, unhealthy food. I try not to allow unhealthy food into my house. But sometimes I get a craving and I just get really creative and I have just peanut butter jars and chocolate chips and I just mix and melt and have to create my own junk food. Yeah. 
but I, I, that's honestly like one of my, one of my key tips is if, if you're, if you're, if you want it, make it from scratch mm. because then you know all the ingredients in it. And that's part of, you know, that's progress. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, that's progress. Mm-hmm. You're actually saving money. You're not eating preservatives. You're not eating dyes because you're making it from scratch. So. So I say, I say that sounds great. Let's have some peanut butter and chocolate together. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, if you can just hold on a sec. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So one thing that I love about your book is is it's not even just about real food. I mean, in the book is, but this idea that you present in it, just the importance of taking small steps. Because I feel like mostly when it comes to a health journey, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to eating well, people just tend to be all or nothing, you know, mm-hmm. go big or go home. And then it lasts for, you know, maybe a month and yeah, then they just go back. Just, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So tell me what inspired you to, to write this book and to make it something that honestly is really palatable for anybody, no matter where they are on their eating journey. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, um, I've been into, you know, eating, eating healthier. I've been on my real food journey, as I call it, for about nine years now. Um, and it started for me with a bit of a health crisis. Um, but I was really blessed that my natural path that I went to at the time, um, she gave me some key things to do, some big changes, like no more sugar, no more flour. Well, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> but, th- but it was only two things, and I could wrap my mind around that. And she said I could still have full wheat flour at the time. Later, I had to cut out grains completely for a season. But, but she just she started me on this journey with a great mindset that um, little, little things at a time. So the first time I went to her, she told me just cut out sugar and white flour so I could still have honey and I could still have whole wheat flour. So I could still make myself baked goods and still feel like I was making progress. Um, so she started me with that mindset. And so even though I had some major health issues, um, I was able to see that we can tackle this um, on a slow, steady pace. And so I have been at that slow, steady pace from the beginning, whereas I have watched other people when they've had a health crisis and say, oh, now I really do have to eat healthier. They try and do it all at once. And it ends up being even more detrimental to their health, because as you say, they can only keep up that pace for about a month. Mm-hmm. And then they fall back in. And not only are they back to eating the way they were before, um, but they've lost hope because they said, well, I just can't do it. And and I really have a passion for encouraging people that, um, I mean, um, except in the case of really severe allergies, you usually have the luxury of going, and, and it is a luxury, of going one step at a time or a couple of steps at a time, but just a few things at a time. Because when you're changing the way you eat, you're changing how you cook, you're changing what you buy, you're changing um, how you serve it, you're changing every meal sometimes. And that's just so overwhelming. There's a whole new skill set to learn, a whole new vocabulary. And I compare it to like if you decided to run a marathon, you wouldn't just get up in the morning, put on a pair of shoes, or even you didn't have the right shoes. So you go shopping for the pair of shoes and then you head to the course. You don't do a marathon all in one day. Right. So I want to look, I want people to look at eating healthier. Um, and most of us have this luxury as a long-term goal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that we can make progress today. That's so good. Because even if somebody did try to do a marathon in a day, and let's say they even finished it, they're going to have some long-term injuries probably yes. as a result of yeah. that. That's yeah. going to keep them from maybe ever running a marathon again. And, exactly. and And I think just emotionally, and especially since most of my audience, probably all, 
are moms or are going to be moms, it's not just them that are going to be effective and so affected. And so if they want to feed their families healthier food, they have to deal with all of the emotional transition of every member of their family as well. Yes, yes. And I talk about that in the book too, um, that as moms especially, um, it, we have to take the journey approach or we're going to lose people along the way. We're going to have stragglers and we're going to have division in the family. And so the slow, gradual approach is um, the best for you and it's the best for your family. Um, and it has, it, it's the most guaranteed to have long-term to be, to, to be lasting in the long term. Because mm-hmm. you build habits and then your yes. brain puts those things yes. on autopilot. And so it just becomes these things that are second nature to you. Yes. That's my main principle is start with one thing. When that has become as habitual as putting a load of laundry in, which hopefully you don't have to like mentally talk yourself through each time. <laughs> and when it's as habitual as a load of laundry, then add in something. So let's say, so, I, you know, just so everybody listening knows, Trina eats healthy. She she is on. She eats real food. I not so much. Um, I, I have come a long way from in high school. I used to eat probably a bag of microwave popcorn just about every day, and then I would like <laughs> I would lick the seasoning off of the bag. I mean, it's mm. just the levels of disgustingness are just you know. It sounds like you were actually Amazing. craving craving nutrients and, and, and craving stuff. That's that's what leads us to that point of just, I can't get enough. It's because our bo- bodies are begging for deeper nutrition. Well, probably so, because my my <laughs> what I ate in high school was highly questionable, and it mostly it had a wrapper on it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've come a, a good way since then. Um, and, and, yeah, so um, I was just going to – I love popcorn. And just a little insight for everybody, you don't need – you can make popcorn actually in a, I mean, might not be ideal to make it in the microwave. I make it in the microwave, but you can just put it in a lunch bag, like a paper lunch bag or in a bowl and yeah. it cooks just fine. You don't actually, microwave popcorn isn't a special thing. No, you can just take kernels and stick them in a bowl and put it in the microwave and you have microwave popcorn. Just a right. little tip that blew my mind when I realized that. <laughs> um, or you can put it in a pot. Or you can put it in and, a pot. And you can pop it in a pot or you can pop it in a popcorn maker. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, all that to say, I am not at the same place as you are, Trina, which I am sharing not to compare so much as to relate to the whole spectrum of anybody who might be listening. Yeah. So let's say that I want to change the way our family eats. What would you say is a good first step for people to take? Um, well, my first, my first, actually, the, the first 10 chapters in the book, they're very, some of them are just a page or two long, but the first are, 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 are 10 real beginning steps. And you can choose which one you're on. But the one that I prioritize as my number one is um, learning what real food is versus fake food. And so this, this means like picking up what you're eating and just glancing at the label. And beginning to educate yourself. And most people know this, like that the fewer ingredients on the label, the better. And if you can't pronounce it, you shouldn't be eating it. But they don't, they're not sure what to replace it with. But that's still, and and that's what we get into further in the book, but becoming aware and also being cautious of health food labels because the health food industry is very much fueled by, you know, marketing and money. And so it'll say all natural. And that really kind of means nothing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you need to learn to understand the labels and and to learn what's really going to be nourishing your body and what is just filler. Because you can eat a meal and you can feel full, 
but your body is still craving um, minerals, nutrients, vitamins, and good fats and protein um, that are the true fuel for our body. So I would just begin to read labels and um, begin to understand that not all that glitters is gold and not all that has the natural label on it. And I'm real big about, and, the, and this, this might be kind of mind blowing for people, but I believe like whole fat over, um, like whole fat milk over skim milk. Um, I believe that the way God created the milk in the first place is really the better balance for our bodies. Um, and so choosing whole milk over skim milk is actually a little more nourishing and it doesn't, it's not too difficult to change that buying habit. You're going to the same store, you're going to the same aisle. And you're just choosing something that's been less tampered with, mm -hmm. less processed and um, closer to the way God created. Because that's my guide when I'm choosing foods. This is as close to the way God created as, as possible as is within my budget and my time frame. And if it's got food dye added to it or it's more processed than it needs to be to be digestible, then I say, OK, let's you know make a different choice. So, you know, the bag, if, the, if you're choosing two bags of chips and one is covered with brightly colored spices and one doesn't appear to have food coloring, then I say go for the one that doesn't appear to have food coloring. And you're still getting a bag of chips, but you're still making progress on your journey. I like that. I like that a lot because you used a bag of chips as your example. <laughs> just, just for you, Kat. That's you. perfect. You know, I read uh, Seven by Jen Hatmaker. And mm -hmm. um, in it, she shares this story about how she'll go to the grocery store. And I can never remember the name she uses. So if you are looking for a book to read, anybody that's listening, go check out this book. It's hilarious and very interesting. But basically, she talks about going to the grocery store and how she's at the grocery store. And it's like she has these three different personalities. And one is like the budget-minded personality. The other one is the healthy personality. And I can't remember what the other one is. But basically, they all just argue in her head as she's trying to shop. And so it makes grocery shopping this extremely stressful situation. And yeah. so I love how you broke it down. You, you know, we do want to, to read the labels and see what's on there. But sometimes that can be overwhelming. You know, if I read the label, I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is. Is that good for me? Is that bad for me? Mm -hmm. But your nice, simple rule of, does this look like how God created it? And <laughs> right. whatever looks more like how God created it is probably going to have the odds that it's going to be healthier for us. Mm -hmm. And so that's just such a simple um, peaceful, really way to look at it instead of evaluating in our head, well, is this sugar alternative healthier than sh this sugar alternative? I like the simple way that you broke that down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that comes, you, you know, you're going to be constantly faced with the voice of reality that says you only have so much time or money or energy mm -hmm. and your accumulated knowledge as hopefully you're building your knowledge of what is healthy food, what is truly nourishing food. I prefer to use the word nourishing because Again, like the industry has grabbed the word healthy and everyone's into healthy food, but I want it to nourish me. Right. Um, I don't want it to just not have certain things in it. Or I don't, don't want it to just be, say, you know, sugar free, because sometimes when it says sugar free, that means it's got some weird chemical sweetener in it. You mm -hmm. know, so I'm looking for what's going to nourish me. Um, so, you know, those voices of your accumulated knowledge and your reality are going to be at odds with each other. Um, but taking an intentional approach and a say, and, and not having every decision that you're making food-wise be a crisis of, oh, I don't know what to choose. I don't have the time for this. I don't have to make it from scratch this week. I didn't, you know, so a little more forethought, mm -hmm. a little more forethought. And that's where we get into um, 
uh, well, you, you said you want to just talk about menu planning. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's a great, that's a great step to take because otherwise we're operating on the defensive. And so then we're running through a drive through yes. or we're picking up a frozen yes. something. Yeah. I'd like to get us off the defense defense. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't, this isn't a battle that you're um, sure to lose. Um, you can be, you can be on top of it and a little ahead of the game, especially if you sit down and menu plan. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Yeah. No, 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 no. It doesn't, please. It doesn't have to. Um, <laughs> like I used to spend a lot of time. I used to micromanage my menu and I hated menu planning. Like I was good at it, but I hated it. And I, and, and I've learned over the years of my homemaking that if, if I hate it, number one, it's, it, there's less of a chance it's going to get done mm-hmm. anyway. And then we'll be back into defensive mode. Um, but if I hate it, but it's something that has to be done, let's find a different system. So in the book I wrote about my, my new, newer system for many planning that I've used the last couple of years, um, beyond my micromanaging, sit down for an hour and plan all these menus, is I call it my free-spirited menu planning. <laughs> and um, all, all the tools you need are like a pen and the back of the envelope. So it feels real unofficial. And you can call it a game and you can, <laughs> you know, I just, I just want to make it doable because the reality is if you don't plan, you will not know what's for dinner. Um, I, I say that the, a very minimal goal when you're preparing and planning food for your family, you should know what dinner is going to be before lunchtime because then you have time to either thaw something or run to the grocery store before everyone's blood sugar is dropping. And that, that golden hour of 5 PM, if you don't know what's for dinner by 5 PM, it's a disaster every night, you know? Right, and I right. think I, I have those times I do. But um, they're awful enough, and I've been traumatized enough that I was like, I gotta think of a plan. Mm-hmm. So um, if 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 you want to do it one day at a time, so you sit down at breakfast, and um, while you're eating breakfast or while you're still hungry, I like the menu plan when I'm hungry. It makes me more inspired. Um, decide what's for dinner at least a few hours in advance, preferably a day or two in advance. So that's what I do is I usually plan a loose week's menu at a time, and it just involves jotting down some dinner ideas. And then making sure I have what I need for at least three meals at a time. Um, and then and then I choose usually the morning of what I plan to have for dinner from that loose list. So if, if people have been intimidated by the idea of menu planning, um, this just breaks it down to its barest essentials. Just enough forethought that dinner will happen, but not so much that you have to feel like tied down to this tight schedule that you can't keep up with and that overwhelms you and it takes an hour every week. Right, right. And some people might think, well, I don't really have time to plan. But then if you think about the actual time you spend making last minute trips to the grocery store or, you know, right. trying to come you know, just sitting and agonizing over what in the world you're going to try to feed your family. Or if, the stress, the underlying stress of not knowing all day what's for dinner. Absolutely. I, I would so prefer to have a choice I didn't like and was dreading, but the decision was already made, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, than to wonder all day. I find that's a huge stress and really affects my ability to mother well mm-hmm. if I have that huge unknown. Yeah. So I like to take care of those as take care of the unknowns. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those of you that are listening that are in Hello Mornings, in our little Hello Mornings workbook that we give out free to everybody who participates, on that planning page, it has a little spot for you to plan your dinner so that when you sit down and you have your God time and you take a few minutes to plan your day, you can just write down what your dinner is that day. And so then every morning before your kids even wake up, you can have your plan for what you're going to make for dinner. And that just takes so much stress off. So then as you're making breakfast, you can kind of glance through the cabinets to make sure that you have what you need or, you know, just make sure that, that you have plenty of time to get ready for, to, for the meal for that night. 
Yeah, that's genius. And I talk about that in the book. I say, if you'll think about dinner for three minutes at breakfast time, and if you'll think about breakfast for the next morning for three minutes while you're in the kitchen making dinner, um, it just makes a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. Just to spend three minutes in the morning and three minutes in the evening um, and thinking ahead. Another tip that I, I love that you give is you talk about when you're going to make something, just buying extra and doubling it and then sticking it in the freezer so that you can have it for later. Yes, because then you can have a day off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will do that. I actually have my little, I call it my little mini mom's retreat that I do for myself. I plan lunch, breakfast, and dinner ahead of time. And then I listen to Inspired to Action podcasts mm -hmm. during the day. And I don't have to cook that day. I only have to heat up. So it's like my little in-house retreat. That's awesome. I, I, I literally do that. That's awesome. <laughs> I try to, uh, actually, I did this yesterday, ironically, on Labor Day, but I try to every once in a while just have a kind of a cooking day of some staples that our family likes that, that freeze mm -hmm. well, like tortilla soup or chili or whatnot, and just have all the large pots in my kitchen going at one time and just yes. make all of it so that I can stick it in the freezer so that, you know, if we are running late, if the, the day turns out differently than I'd planned, I always have a healthy food backup that I cannot feel bad about giving my family. Yes. Um, and we don't have to run and get, you know, whatever fast food yeah. thing. Um, There's so, nothing wrong with fast food if you make it yourself. <laughs> right. right. You know, I mean, and it is fast. If all you have to do, if you think in the morning, oh, I'm going to thaw that and you pull it out of the freezer, then in the evening you throw it in the pot and warm it up. And it's faster than takeout. It's faster than, I mean, it's as quick as a microwave dinner. And it's good for you because you made it from scratch. And it tastes better, I feel, to me, when I oh, didn't yeah. just cook it, when it feels like somebody else almost made it for me because it's already ready and I didn't just oh, spend yeah. a whole bunch of time in the kitchen. For some reason, food always tastes better when but I didn't, didn't just have just to. Right, right. Yes, absolutely. I think that's genius, Kat. I think you're already, you've, you've made a lot of progress on your, on your real food journey. Well, except for the 10 boxes of cereal in my pantry, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> Well, so, we might, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, first step is to know what real food is versus fake, fake food. Another step is to just do real simple meal planning. What's another good beginner step for somebody to take? Um, I, I really like to encourage people to learn to make one thing from scratch. Um, maybe you don't make anything from scratch. Maybe you really rock a couple of things. Maybe you're really good at soups or desserts or something. But the reality is every single item that you learn to make from scratch in your in your kitchen rather than buying it is, is an area where you are improving the quality of what you're eating and you're also saving money. I, I can't think of anything that I make in my kitchen that would be cheaper to buy in the store. It's usually mm -hmm. saving me a lot of money to make it from scratch, whether it's a loaf of bread a jar of yogurt or even a jar of mayonnaise. Um, so I would, I would take one thing. And of course I have a lot of ideas in the book, but one of the ones I love to talk about, and this recipe is on the blog. So you can, you can go there and you can check it out at trainaholden.com. Um, how to make yogurt from scratch. Sounds totally intimidating. Um, it, it, it sounded that way because people have heard that there is this thing called yogurt machines. Well, you don't need a yogurt machine. You just need a pot and a glass jar, like a mason jar. And you can make it with whatever milk you have. You've heard that I prefer whole milk, but you can use skim milk. I mean, you can literally make this today because most people have milk in their fridge. Now, mm -hmm. not, it doesn't it doesn't work with almond milk. You have to use a different stuff. But anyway, it, you could it's something you could make this week. And so I encourage people to find one recipe in the book and learn that until it's 
a habit. And then you will have made progress because it's one less item that you're buying over-processed and over-priced. And it's more nutritious. Well, and I think another reason that it's healthier is that if you focus on that one or or cheaper, is that if you focus on that one thing, then you're going to be actually using all the ingredients that you purchase for that one thing. As opposed to a lot of times when we try to make a healthy change, we do a couple and then we just maybe do it once or twice and then the ingredients go bad. But if we make this one simple change, then we use all of the ingredients and, and it's positively affecting our budget. And yeah, health. yeah, there's no waste. Because yeah, sometimes when I try a new recipe, and I grab, oh, this different vegetable. Um, and then, you know, life happens. And I look two weeks later, and it's rotted in the produce drawer. Mm-hmm. And I kick myself. Yes. But I realize, you know what, that was just too far outside of, of what I'm able to do in this season. Um, I need to stick with, you know, simpler stuff that doesn't spoil. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good That's point. So good. Well, I think my one my first thing that I'm going to do is your ranch dressing mix because we yeah. use some ranch dressing around our house. And that's something <laughs> that I've wanted to make a healthier version of, but I just didn't exactly know where to start. So I was really excited to see that in your book as well. Yeah, yeah. And if you make it, um, you know, if you if you make, you know, make it once, see if you like it. And then if you if you like it, make a big batch of it so that then the next time you want to make it, you just scoop. Um, you know, a scoop of the seasoning into the correct mm. of the other ingredients. And then you have that bulk mix in your cupboard. So that's what I do like with my taco seasoning mix. It's just sitting there in the cupboard. And then last night when I made tacos for a crowd, I just pulled out my jar and I shook however much I wanted to into the meat rather than saying, oh, I have to make my taco seasoning. i got to grab my cumin and i got to grab my salt and i got to grab my paprika. It's as easy as a packet from the store and there's no MSG. That's so smart. Well, and you know, and I've thought of that before, but I've always just put it into little individual, like snack size bags, but to put it in a jar, that's so much easier. Yeah. And I give the measurements for how much finished mix you, if you decide to make it in bulk, how much you would actually use for an individual recipe. Oh, that's so good. That's a great idea. I love that. And that's so simple. And I just never thought of it. (laughs) That's so good. Okay. So make one simple change, Uh, make one thing from scratch. What we probably have about time for one more good tip for people to get started with. And and you mentioned that you had a few ideas for things that they could do this week. What's one more thing that they could do this week? Right. Um, well, if you if you've cooked any meat this week and have any bones left over from it, you could make a batch of stock. Um, and meat stock or or bone broth um, is is got so many nutrients in it. Yes, you can buy it at the store. Is it the quality you could make at home? Not necessarily. Um, in fact, I would say adamantly, probably not at all. Um, <laughs> you can make your own bone broth. Um, if you have, you know, baked a chicken or even just baked drumsticks and, you know, um, save those bones and throw them in a pot of water and simmer them for all day or maybe all night. I use my crock pot and in the end you'll have, you know, a, a honey colored liquid that smells like kind of like chicken soup. And you pour that in jars and you put it in your fridge and you use those um, if you're making soup down, you know, a week later and it calls for a bouillon cube. Well, instead of a bouillon cube, which is over processed, probably has additives you don't want in your life, use your bone broth. And also you could make your own cream chicken soup. then, um, Like instead of buying the can of cream and chicken soup that we all love to use for all of our favorite casserole recipes, you can make that from scratch. It saves money. And it's all made from whole ingredients that you probably have on hand. You have butter, 
you have flour and you're going to have your chicken stock Mm -hmm. or your bone broth on hand. It's very quick to throw it together. It's really fun. It's one of those things where as you do the steps, the ingredients transform. And I love that. (laughs) As you're stirring, it changes. So it's like a science experiment. You can get your kids in the kitchen and say, watch this. And they're going to be so excited. And, and then all of a sudden your casserole, your favorite family casserole that you've always felt guilty about making because you know it's like all full of processed ingredients, all of a sudden you glorified and sanctified it. <laughs> I love and, it's, that. <laughs> and then you can enjoy it that much more and it's saving you money. So that's another thing people could experiment with this week is try making green chicken soup from scratch. It's, well, you know, I've, I've, I've actually tried that before. and But the recipe I found, it was like very complicated and felt very overwhelming. And so when I saw that yours was throw the bones in the crock pot, cover with water and turn it on. <laughs> It's like, well, yes. I think I could manage that. And and then and then you take it a step further and say, you know, it, you can add seasonings and spices and that's in vegetables and that sort of thing if you want mm-hmm. to. But at the elementary level, you can do yeah. that. And then yeah. regardless of how it tastes, you know, if, if it's not as flavorful as you want it, you can still use it in mashed potatoes. You can still use it in exactly. all kinds of stuff. And I actually and this this is this is where I get a little weird, but I actually prefer it not to have a lot of flavor. Um, because I throw bone broth ice cubes in my smoothie. Yeah, I read that. That concerned <laughs> me a little bit, but tell you me more. never taste it. Well, when I, the first time around, I usually make my bone broth out of my homemade rotisserie style chicken. So I roast a chicken with a mix of seasonings and it's amazing. And I tell you how to do that in the book and it's not nearly as um, intimidating as it sounds. So if you crave rotisserie chicken, you can make it at home for a lot cheaper. So you make that chicken and your family and you just eat the bones clean. And then what do you do with those bones? Or, hey, skip that whole thing. Buy a rotisserie chicken if that's what fits in your in your, mm. in your your time frame this week. Buy a rotisserie chicken, but then take that chicken and do not throw away the bones. Throw it in a pot. Put some water on it. And when you, when you cook it overnight, then what you're going to have is you're going to have that rich broth that has all that flavor of the rotisserie chicken and you're going to drain that off use it for your soup use it for where you want rich chicken sauce then i cook the bones a second time there's still a lot of nutrients you really want to cook those bones until they're disintegrating because then you're getting all the marrow and stuff out of the center of the bones so i cook my bones a second time that second time around the broth does not have um it doesn't have as much flavor but it's still got a lot of goodness in it so that's what i freeze and i use in my smoothies or where I don't want a strong rotisserie chicken flavor, um, or the herbs that I used. So that's my little strategy. Because pineapple rotisserie chicken smoothie just doesn't quite have the same no, ring no, to it, it. It ends up, you know, I maybe throw four or six in there and in place of just the plain ice cubes that I would use otherwise. And mm-hmm. you don't taste it, but I love knowing that I just deepen the nutritional level of this. Right, right. That's so good. I love that. I'm definitely going to have to to try that this week. I do like to make chicken. And a tip for everybody listening, if you're like, well, I don't even want to deal with getting to the ones. Like if I, if I buy a rotisserie chicken, it's just such a hassle to get all the meat off if I'm just wanting to, to get to the bones to make the, the stock. I love having my kids get all the meat off and they kind of really like it too um it's just it's kind of like playing in the dirt just gets them kind of messy and and it's fun and so when once we're done if we haven't eaten everything off of the meat then they kind of have a fun time just getting it all off and so it is a great it is a great thing to involve the kids and i've been teaching my eight-year-old daughter how to pick chicken carcass because personally i hate 
happen too. So, you know, you figure out a new strategy so that you can do that. <laughs> so let me, let's, let me ask you one more question. So maybe I want to eat healthy, but theoretically, let's say my husband doesn't. Jimmy, I know you do. You're healthy. I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking theoretically for anybody listening. You know, maybe their their spouse doesn't isn't ready to eat healthy. Um, mm-hmm. What would what would you say to them? How would you suggest that they approach trying to get on a uh, on a healthier journey, on a more nourishing journey? I want yeah, to yeah, right exactly. And that's a, that's key. That's key. A more nourishing journey because a lot of what we have been what we have fed, been fed to us as um, what is the ideal healthy diet um, is not something that most men are drawn to. They think it involves all like, you know, green smoothies and salads um, with light dressing. Um, but when you begin to learn what truly nourishes your body, including, I mean, fat doesn't make you fat. Um, our bodies need fat. Um, fat is the fuel to our hormone system. Um, our, our brains are largely comprised of fat. So if we're not getting healthy fat, there is bad fats and there's good fats. Unfortunately, we've thrown the baby out with bathwater. Um, and many of the studies that have proved that fat is bad for us, they were testing, um, they were testing, you know, overprocessed fats, things like um, canola oil and vegetable oil. We think those are healthy terms when in reality they're a very processed form of fat and not easily assimilated or used by a lot. So going back to very old-fashioned fats like butter and um <laughs> and using butter and so so when you when you go from okay what the health food industry is saying this is healthy eat this to going back to the roots of what for thousands of years we ate that was nourishing us um all of a sudden health food looks a little more appealing when you put butter on your vegetables you're actually allowing the um the vitamins that are in the vegetables that are fat soluble you can assimilate them better. Fat soluble meaning they can only be dissolved and utilized by your body when they are in the presence of fat. So you can't get all the goodness out of those steamed carrots unless they're dripping with butter. It's kind of revolutionary, <laughs> but it makes you excited about eating well again. <laughs> yes, yes. And and it helps the kids and the husband yes. get yep. excited about yep. it too. So 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 getting past um, like I said, you know, the labels and the cultural ideas of health food and going back to truly nourishing foods, um, you know, because I, and I, I say in the book, you know, if, if your man isn't interested in health food, serve him a large juicy steak or a big slice of meatloaf and a baked potato with butter and sour cream on it and, you know, some steamed vegetables slathered in butter and say, this is health food. He might be a little more willing to jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> now, notice what's cool about that meal that we just that, that I just described is it was gluten free. So, you know, if you have to be gluten free, you can still eat really rich, delicious, nourishing foods. You know, so yes, I know there's a lot of people that have to eat gluten free, and I have options. I have some, you know, some directions, some options in the book for that, um, and more on my blog because this book wasn't specifically to gluten free, but I do have a lot of friends, and I do talk a lot too to the, the crowd that has to eat with those type of restrictions. But um, eating healthy doesn't have to be rabbit food. <laughs> um, eating nourishingly involves a lot of good proteins and fats too. So that's one of the best ways to get your family and especially your man on the bandwagon is make sure the food that you're eating is actually nourishing 
And then they're not going to be craving that bag of Fritos after um, eating salad for dinner. That's good. And, and it makes it easier for us too, to want to make that change because if it's overwhelming for us initially to try to make the change and then we think about bringing our family on board it, mm-hmm. it's just that much more of an obstacle for us to overcome and so if we realize that it can actually be really tasty too that yeah. it just makes it so much easier for us to to take that first step and to make that leap right right and little yeah little bits at a time and all the recipes in my book are stuff that my husband and kids eat all the time i don't i'm, I'm not putting a book out there with things that they wouldn't eat because i'm I know who I'm talking to and I'm not going to say, here, try this and have it long because I can't afford to do that with my budget to try and make something that I didn't, I'm not fairly certain my, my family is going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, then it's just and then it really does get expensive. Well, <laughs> Trina, where can people find this book and where can they find you online? I'm at TrinaHolden.com. And just to make it all very simple, everything is there on that site. And the book is on the landing page on the first page of that. Um, but also in the menu bar, um, there's a link for my books. And this is actually my second real food cookbook. So there's a lot of resources there, a lot of recipes on my site if people want to try. Um, and there's a lot of information on the site just in the blog portion of my website. So that's where they can find me. Awesome. Now, for everybody listening, you know, I know it can all feel very overwhelming at times, but I just want to challenge you to, to pick one thing, one thing to do mm-hmm. this week. If you've ever gone to a gas station. I know when I first started driving, I went to a gas station and I was looking at the little pumps and I was like, Ooh, which one, what color am I supposed mm-hmm. to put <laughs> into my car? Cause this could be really bad. And a lot of times just as humans, we put the wrong color into, into our bodies and it completely affects the way we operate, the way we feel, the way we think. And then it trickles down to how we relate to one another. Because if I don't feel good, if I'm tired and then one of my kids needs me to do something and I don't feel like doing it and then they feel unloved, you know, how we uh, feed ourselves and how we nourish ourselves can have such a huge impact. And if you're not eating particularly healthy right now, Honestly, that's kind of great news because that means you suddenly have this incredible solution for a lot of issues that you might be having in your life, whether they are health, whether they are just managing your energy. So I, I really challenge you just to make one small change that um, isn't difficult and isn't hard, but that can you can carry on and make it a habit in your life because eating healthy and changing the way you eat can have just an incredible impact on you and on your family. And so I challenge everybody listening to do one thing this week. And if you do, I would love it if you would tag me on Instagram. I am inspired to action, uh, just like it sounds, on Instagram. And you feel free to – are you on Instagram, Trina? I am. I am. And there's actually a hashtag for the book. I'm Trina Holden, so T-R-I-N-A-H-O-L-D-E-N. And if you want to encourage yourself and others that – eating well is just a journey and a one step at a time thing. And you can use the hashtag my real food journey. And there are a lot of other people using that hashtag who are sharing just, Hey, you know what? This is what it looks like for my family to eat healthy this week. Perfect. Um, and, and it's just going to show people that actually, um, you know, the progress that you've made so far is really good so far. Perfect. Um, so yeah, that's that. a hashtag that we can join around. Great. And that's an ongoing inspiration for you as well. Trina, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your wisdom that you shared and the great simple tips that you gave for us to get started on this journey. You're welcome, Kat. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks. You have a great day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. 
Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Trina Holden. And I would love it if you would just take a minute and head over to inspiredaction.com forward slash feedback to let me know your thoughts on that survey. It will only take you, man, maybe a couple minutes at the very most, probably faster because you guys are awesome like that. But if you would take a minute and do that, I would sure appreciate it. Again, that's inspiredaction.com forward slash feedback. See you guys there. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way.